Welcome to AI Decoded, that time of the week when we spend a bit of time looking in-depth at the most eye-catching stories in the world of artificial intelligence. We're going to start this week with the warnings from uh, the former Justice Secretary, Sir Robert Buckland, who's told BBC News the British government must do more about deep fakes, which he believes are a clear and present danger to UK democracy. The Washington Post say Pakistan's former Prime Minister Imran Khan has used AI to campaign from behind bars, using it to circumvent convent the government crackdown on his party. The Business Insider focuses on the resources that will be needed to power artificial intelligence. Experts are warning AI will put an increased environmental burden on the planet. And closely linked to all of that, um, this from Unilad Online, scientists think AI will soon be able to predict when a person will die with surprising accuracy. There's a cheery thought. Uh, with me to go through all of that tonight is Priya Lakhani, CEO of AI Education Company at Century Tech. Nice to see you nice before to Christmas. See you. Well, I've made your Christmas cards. Have you? Well, we'll, we'll let's let's park that for a second. Oh, okay. They're brilliant. But okay. Are they good? We'll park them. Well, AI Christmas cards. AI Christmas. <laughs> Created by AI. That's you from Mid Journey, but are you ready to see ChatGPT? Go on. I really want to show you this, that's why we can't park it. <laughs> <laughs> that is nothing like me. Is that. I think that's. That's pretty good. Maybe though. me, male, or you, Indian, but you know, there we go. But that's astonishing. And they've got is poems that... on the back. One so, from... where's that? How, how, hang on, how's that picture been generated? That's Mid Journey. So, I gave them a picture of you. Yeah. And said, create a picture of Christian Fraser uh, and put a bit of AI in it and me a Merry Christmas message. Yeah, this is GPT. That one. Uh, yeah, that one I could just use to be someone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then and then there's two poems on the back on, from then. Claude AI. They're a bit yeah. long, so I think we need to paste them on X because we need to get through the stories. But yeah. we'll paste them on uh, on X and on socials. There's one from GPT4, and there's a brilliant one from Claude, which is Anthropics. Thank you AI. so much. There I've got you go. nothing. It, no, it's, it's just, <laughs> the reason you couldn't park it was the second one. I was crying with laughter and I decided not to reprompt it and give it to you. So yes. that's know. pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. Yeah, OK. Um, right, well, <laughs> okay. let's start with Robert Buckland because I'm keen to get yeah. through some of these. Um, uh, right, so his concern, uh, his major concern uh, is that in a tightly fought election, yeah. um, maybe a couple of days before, a deep fake is going to appear out there. It will go viral and it will skew the election result. Have a listen to what he says. As we hit probably the biggest election year in our history, India, Indonesia, Taiwan, Britain, America, all going to the polls, now is the time for us to act domestically and also to work with the Five Eyes countries to do everything we can to combat a devastatingly corrosive trend if it is allowed to continue unchecked. So how are they going to stop this? How they're going to stop it is really, really difficult. We've got lots of elections within 12 months, right, including in the UK and in the US. So Michelle Donlan um, has been saying that we should rely on technology to combat technology. That's not going to happen in the next 12 months. There are lots of innovations. So, for example, Intel have uh, created technology that can track the blood flow behind the skin. So if that then was on every, every browser, it would be able to say, right, this is a deep fake. Um, I think what he's concerned about is this happened in Slovakia only in September, in the sense that we don't know if it actually skewed the election results, but there was a deep fake that went viral that was posted. And then the election was very, very tightly fought um, and then lost by 
by obviously one party. Um, how do we do it? It's by that was educating. The FICO election, right? Yeah, well, and it was. He was the pro-Russian. Yeah, the pro-Russian exactly who won. So I think that's what he's concerned about. I mean, whether we should be concerned if the UK is going to be a tightly fought election is, is another conversation well, I mean, for another that's time. Big implications, right? But, I mean, but that's, that's, I, that's I part of the Eastern Alliance. This is the, well, this is a huge problem. So freedom of speech, we know, is fundamental to a democracy. Why? Because we talk about truth and investigation, uh, investigative journalism. We talk about uncovering corruption and scandals and difference of opinion, right? right. The problem is freedom of deep fakes can have completely the opposite effect. So people who are saying that we shouldn't regulate or legislate against deep fakes, right? We should rely on technology, combating technology and wait for that to happen. Mm. Um, actually, you could upend democracy. You can end up with a complete erosion of trust, where we talked about this last time yeah. about the liar's dividend, where you don't even trust what's true, yeah. let alone what's out there in fake. He's got a real point, and Plus I think also in the you've got these term, AI bots which are feeding them out much quicker than, yeah. than traditional w ways that they would have done that. I, I mean, the, the government said, I think, today that there's an MI5-led operation yeah. to crack down on this, but humans are notoriously slow. And if, as you say, AI is not very good at detecting AI, uh, yeah, it's, it's you're not going to take something down a few days before an election. And, and the, the stories and the examples that you're seeing at the moment might be one deep fake. Let's say it's a deep fake of you, but we've got to remember that there could be a thousand deep fakes of Rishi Sunak, of, of Keir Starmer, for example, in the election that you know will be upcoming in the UK. So when you've got lots and lots of them. And then once they've had an impact, you know, 1.5 million viewers watching a deep fake, we don't know that that's not going to affect them. So mm -hmm. it is a real problem. I think in the medium term, we're going to see legislation mm -hmm. in this area. I, I can't understand the argument. You've just got to have very to, big to, penalties, haven't you, to throw the book at it, people? Well, there's a technology. I mean, they are making moves. It's fair yeah. to say that Meta, Google are saying, look, if you're going to use these for like political campaigns and ads, you've got to actually disclose you're using mm -hmm. a deep fake. But I think, you know, you're going to come to the point where if you're using, if, you're, if you've got a deep fake and you're putting words in someone's mouth and they did not consent to it, then why is that not illegal? Why is it yeah, not tantamount right. to fraud or misrepresentation? Uh, Washington Post got a, a story aligned to that, um, but I, I, I mean, in one sense, it's a good thing because you can't shut down politicians, you can't jail opposition figures yeah. you don't want to hear from. Here's Imran Khan behind bars, uh, and at the weekend was able to rally. Yeah. His party weren't able to interview him or, or able to record anything, but they took his voice, they took his image, they put them together, they yeah. used some magic AI. With his AI. consent. So, yeah, from, from, from prison. So he's in prison. They're not allowed to PTI. The group aren't allowed to gather, convene. They've got elections that are imminent, Christian, so they're in February, right? So he approved the speech. They used AI audio. So it's the same technology that one would use for a deep fake, but he consented to it. That's the difference. Right. And then I watched it earlier today. It's four minutes where he talks about the rule of law. He talks about, you know, the, the ability to be able to speak out, to encourage people to come out and vote in February. Um, so that his party is not oppressed. So he's using the same technology to combat oppression, which I think, which is extraordinary. Yeah. That's freedom of speech. That's yeah. what you want to protect. Yeah. Interesting um, that the, the, the cybersecurity firm that monitors this, Netblocks, said there was a, a nationwide disruption to social media. So they did try and take it down. They did yeah, try and stop it. Yeah, there were internet disruptions, exactly, because you rely on the internet, don't you? Yeah. So there's going to be all these efforts, right, to try and curtail freedom of speech but the point is is that if we can use technology in the right way yeah. I think you know in a good way to uphold democracy particularly in countries where you know there's bad behavior and bad actors then then that's a positive thing but 
the same technology. This is a per you've, I mean, you couldn't have positioned these stories better. No, the same it, technology in the wrong hands, though, when it comes to the elections next year, could have a devastating effect. And so it's just trying to get that balance right between the two, and that's what's so hard. Shall we talk about this Business Insider article about the land grab that's mm. underway um, to power um, uh, and cool as well, to power and cool the, these big data uh, hubs that, yeah. that are springing up around, predominantly around the United States, but of course they'll, they'll spring up elsewhere as well. But uh, uh, didn't we talk recently that Sam Altman of ChatGPT had said, we're going to need our own mini nuclear reactors to power our own industry? Yeah, and it's not just him from OpenAI, it's Amazon, Microsoft have signed an ambitious deal to purchase energy from a nuclear fusion facility as well. So when we talk about artificial intelligence, right, we always like to try and deconstruct this a little bit. It's data, right? It's data. And so you need somewhere to store that. There was a time, I remember, in the last few years where people said, but it's stored in the cloud. And I would look. I would look at them and say, "When you say the cloud, what, what, do, you, <laughs> what, what do you mean? Like, you know, where, where, yeah. is it sort of like web? But you know, where is it? It's being stored somewhere. And this this story in Business Insider is really, really interesting because it gives a very, very graphic image of this part of Virginia where you have like acres and acres of data centres so that is being stored somewhere. And so there's going to be environmental challenge to this. I think tech companies are investing so that they can yeah. try and well, try Dominion, and run these centres with clean energy. Dominion Energy said that their demands in their services will double in the next 15 years. Yeah, and that's, that's largely that because they've got Amazon and the rest who are who are soaking up energy through their data centers. Absolutely. And so so some of them are investing to be fair in renewable energy. They yeah. they're trying to do that. Some of them are claiming that you know uh, that a certain percentage of their usage they're going to offset annual energy usage with renewable energy. But if it's going to double, then obviously yeah. we need to work a lot faster. So all of those activists, you know, who are talking about climate change and the environment have got a lot of work to do in the next <laughs> you, you know, years. you were talking about clouds, right? This 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 uh, this really stuck stuck out to me. So in in Dallas, in a city in Oregon, right, yeah. Google was sort of glamorizing these plumes of water that were coming off their cooling towers, off their data centers. Um, and they, they were talking to the local population, say, look at the quiet, this mist that we produce after dark. <laughs> and then there was a freedom of information request to find out how much actual water was being used to cool the data centers uh, and a quarter of the city's water use yeah. uh, is being used on this center yeah so where is exactly so th th we've got a finite amount of resources so where is it going so that image i produced for you the christmas yes. card okay how many bottles of water did this take well what i can tell you is from this article yeah. so this is the article's the source if we can trust it this is the problem now can I, I we really trust like anything? this by the way i'm really say. glad you like yeah. it i love the fact you're <laughs> holding it up something with your chin so that that image to generate that image this article says takes the same amount of energy to charge a cell phone a mobile phone fully which is potentially a lot of energy just to create one of those wow. now there's lots of people playing with these every day I was creating a few today while I was online thinking yeah. this is great. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, so, but, but, and Milton Keynes went dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have people lining yeah, up yeah. my house with uh, yeah, activists. But, but the thing is, is that this is a obviously it's a very, very serious issue. So, you know, we have COP, for example, we've got all of these discussions about what we need to achieve, you know, for 2030 and onwards. But actually, are we taking into account this huge rapid rise of technology use, mm. the rapid rise? of the, the need for these data centres, the energy that they're sapping from elsewhere, and then also just the public debate about the environment. What's interesting about the story is it's also about the visual eyesore that this potentially creates. Yeah. So. Uh, last one, Unilad, mm. who say AI will become so good at uh, detecting our health 
that it will be able to tell us when we die. This is a really interesting story. So anyone who's interested, I'd go to the story and actually read the report. It's a scientific report. I read it earlier today. It's absolutely amazing. They're using the same sort of AI architecture that ChatGPT is built on. It's this new architecture called Transformer Models. So they're able to take data like your health data, um, you know, what you did for a role, how much you earned, whether you got a promotion, a leadership role, take all of that, essentially sort the data, sequence it, and then be able to predict with about 75% accuracy when you die in your personality. Now, that, that sounds, it's freaky to a lot of people. It's interesting in some ways. How could you use that in a positive way? But, you know, ethical considerations, an insurance company having that sort of data. So yeah. it raises a lot of questions, but the study, I have to say, was, was really, really impressive yeah. to read. It worries me this, you know, because I have one of those Apple Watches that's set to tell you. me, yeah. And, but it's also set to tell me if my heart rate goes too high and, and it will start bleeping. It, when I come back from a run, right. to say, really, you need to calm down, mate. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, can you imagine that if you were sort of to putting fair, out the bins and it says, by the way, you're going to die? My, my, in three my, watch, my watch informed me my heart rate was high walking. I had a pneumothorax. So they can really? be. I had a, yeah, I had a. And they're going to get more accurate. I had a pneumothorax. So, so they can be incredibly helpful. Yeah. But where the data, it's all about the data yeah. that we then build these models on. Where that stores, who uses it, is the big question. As the public, we need to ask. And then that will. Thank you for my Christmas cards. You're most welcome. Lovely I'm so glad I got to to That's you. it for AI Decoded. Uh, thank you to Priya. Thank you for watching. We'll be back here same time next week.